0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today, we're going to be covering Chapter 2 in our Jurassic Park series. That means we're going to be covering the Lost World Jurassic Park. A lot of people give this movie a lot of flack, but I don't understand why. I think it's really good. Now, granted, there are two things about the movie that I would totally change for up for the one obvious one is the the whole gymnastic scene you know if you have not seen it's gonna be a spoiler uh review if you have not seen the lost world jurassic park but the gymnastic scene at the end and then of course the 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 t-rex scene in san diego the san diego incident is what they call it and uh that probably i would change those things up like yeah the The dinosaur running through the city is was probably well, you know that 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 seemed cheesy and fun for the '90s. You know, the movie came out about four years after the original one, and yet, um, it's I, in my opinion, I think it holds up. I think I really do think it does. But anyway, um, the Lost World Jurassic Park. It's once again directed by. Um, Steven Spielberg it's once again based on the same book the book of the same name by Michael Crichton Uh, this time I think only Jeff Goldblum and uh, Richard Attenborough are the only ones who return from part one into part two Um, there is one moment uh, when Lex and Tim Ariana Richards and um, uh, I can't remember that kid's name I've seen him in other movies now uh it's like John Mazzarello or something like that. I think it's his name. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it or that's not even the real name. But um they do have a small cameo in the very beginning when Ian Mal- when Ian Malcolm returns to meet with um, uh to meet with John Hammond. And uh that's kind of it. There's really no remnant of part one again. Um the movie opens with this shot of this rich family on a yacht out on out on what is the new island which is called Isla Sorna, which is about a few miles away from uh about a hundred miles away actually from Isla Nublar where part one took place and the the family's daughter gets attacked by what looks to be giant lizards, but they're actually uh compies from Jurassic Park. And uh that's where our movie picks up John Hammond, his company engine, who is briefly mentioned in part one, but the company engine uh you know John Hammond loses control and the only way he can get back control is if he gets a um if he gets a photo record of analysis that the animals on site B. Are flourishing and surviving in their own ecosystems on their own and trying to get the government to uh, restrict the uh, uh, fr- restrict anybody from going over there and things like that and so he's called upon he's called on Ian Malcolm to go Ian says you can't do this because it's gonna end up the same thing happening that happened in the last film and things like that but Ian Malcolm's girlfriend Sarah Harding played by Julianne Moore is already there by herself. And so he must get with this new crew and go over there. They have Eddie Carr. I cannot remember the guy's name that plays Eddie Carr. I know I've seen him in other movies and TV shows. I don't remember his name. And then uh um Nick Van Owen who is the uh the 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 video guy. He's played by um He's played by uh, Vince Vaughn. I think this was Vince Vaughn in this movie was really kind of out was really kind of out of his depth because at the time of seeing the movie, I didn't really know who Vince Vaughn was. Uh, you know, it was years later when movies like Old School and uh, Anchorman and Dodgeball and Wedding Crashers that was like the mid two thousands era of Vince Vaughn. To where, like nineties Vince Vaughn, he was still in movies like Jurassic Park. He was in a movie called Swingers with Kev, with um, with John Favreau, and he was in the uh, the remake of Psycho. And uh, you know he you know he was trying to become like he it, he was trying to be a serious actor. And to be honest, the only good serious movie he did was probably this one. And then when he switched to comedies into the two thousands, that was like a, a radical departure. But anyway, uh, yeah, Vince Vaughn was in this movie, and I didn't. You know, looking back now, it just just baffles me that he had, like, a serious movie back in the day. Like, granted, you can take him seriously now, you know, because of some of the stuff that he has done. But other than, you know, prior to that, you know, it was hard to take him seriously. But anyway, the, the company InGen is being run by John Hammond's nephew, Peter Ludlow. And Peter Ludlow has this idea that because of all the money they lost in the previous film with the with uh, the destruction of the park, the death in, at the park, and everything like that, that there's got to be a way we could turn to profit. And his plan is to take, I, take the dinosaurs from Isla Sorna and bring them to a park in the United States, specifically San Diego. And that's how our movie goes about. You have John Hammond's team who's trying to just video and document and everything like that. And then you have Peter Ludlow's team who are trying to, you know, pillage the entire place. Uh, the one character that has always had a great reputation you know as far as within the Jurassic Park uh, fandom is the character of uh, Roland Tembo, played by Pete, I, I want to say it's Pasta I can't I don't know if I'm saying that right, I could be saying it wrong God I'm horrible with names but um, Pete Pasta you know God rest his soul uh, plays Roland Tembo, and he's one of the best He's one of the coolest characters. You know, he's the, he's basically the new Mildoon character that we got from part one. But he's much more experienced and much more likable, too. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of deleted scenes in the movie that kind of really kind of give the character development of both of Roland and Peter Ludlow. You know, Peter Ludlow does the, is a great board boardroom scene where uh peter's kind of going over the events of that happened in part one they say in the trailer but um uh you know it's not in the actual movie oh excuse me but um it, it it's interesting you see you see a little bit you see a little bit of development from both of these characters you see peter ludlow kind of becoming a new villain so to speak because you know, yes, he's taken over from, you know, he's taken over from John Hammond, who is his uncle, but he's more so in the lines of the, of the, um, of the lawyer character from part one and uh, uh, of the Gennaro character and things like that. And he's kind of taking it over from john hammond in a way to where he sees dollar signs rather than you know wonder and things like that he's not doing it for fan service he's doing it for the money and then the character of roland is developed in his uh he's there's somewhere i want to say in kenya i want to say kenya you know africa and things like that and they come across you know uh roland meets rj and uh things like that and it's uh it's very interesting to see those two guys kind of meet up and they're old buddies and things like that and uh you kinda of see where he's at when we first introduce him in the movie, which is when everybody's all on the island. And then of course uh Ian you know, the four characters with with John Hammond's team, they're also joined by Ian Malcolm's daughter, uh, uh, Kelly, and uh things like that and that kinda of just makes it like a stowaway. You know, young teenager type thing. But when they get to this new island... Now, once they get to the island, it already feels different. From the moment they get to the new island, it's more of a jungle theme than it is a theme park. Rather than what looks like a, like an updated, you know, early 90s safari in Jurassic Park 1, we're now tracking through the jungle in part 2. So you went from, you know, theme park attraction to you know uh a, a much more dangerous setting in the open jungle and uh things like that, like that first scene when they're on the island, they find Sarah and they find the baby Stegosaurus, and all that was kind of, that was really cool, really interesting to see that you know to see them kind of attack Sarah Harding like that that was interesting to see it was really kind of like an intense moment, like right off the bat, like right when we get on the island, we already got an interaction with the dinosaurs and it already got violent and uh you know, all that that entire sequence was cool, and then when we're introduced to Peter Ludlow's team, when they're when they show up and they start you know trying to catch a lot of these dinosaurs, that's also a good scene. You know when they're driving through the desert and things like that, they're on their motorcycles and their cars and things like that. You know that was really cool. I I, I gotta say that was really cool seeing that, seeing them do that. I was always blown away by that. And then uh, Peter Star Stol- Peter Starmeyer plays Dieter um, who is like the second in command under Roland on this you know on this hunting team and uh, things like that and he has this interaction with this compie that is both hilarious and very kind of foreshadowing because he you know he scares the one compie by himself but then later on in the movie as uh, when the team is walking through the jungle and he has to go you know Use the restroom and things like that. He gets lost, and then of course he gets attacked and mauled by, by uh, by a shitload of of compies. And that was, they don't show a whole lot, but you know, hearing him scream and seeing the blood come out from underneath that log he's hiding behind of was just, uh, that was graphic. But to me, the money shot of the movie, in my opinion, is the T Rex scene. So, uh. Roland kidnaps a baby T-Rex because he's there for one reason. He doesn't care about Peter Ludlow's mission. He'll lead it if he has to and, you know, get paid handsomely, but he's not there for the money. He's there to prove a point. He's there to hunt the tyrannosaurs, which is... that That's perfectly fine. And uh, and things like that. You get a lot of characters... You get a lot of those character moments from Roland when he says things like, you know, the the first great hunter... Uh, uh, on the planet, has returned to Earth. And the second greatest hunter is going to take him out, and you know he's carrying that 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 big ass double barrel shotgun, and you know he's with authority and things like that. And then so his plan, he kidnaps a uh, baby T Rex and he injures it to kind of get the adult T Rex to come and go after it. Well, while they're lying in wait uh the campsite that those hunters have put together where they've caught all the dinosaurs is sabotaged by Nick and Sarah and they let all the dinosaurs lose. That's a great moment too when the when the triceratops knocks over the van and disrupts the whole broadcast and everything like that. That was really cool. But it leads us to in in what my opinion what the best scene in the movie is. Um So Nick and Sarah find the injured T Rex and they take it to their van where where Kelly and, and Malcolm are trying to get off the island because, you know, shit's going down. They find the T-Rex and they put it to and they're doing everything they can to kind of fix its broken leg. They fix it and then right when they fix it, the T-Rex comes. And it's like, holy shit. Like, damn. There's a great moment when... So Ian takes Kelly to... To Eddie's little hideout that they have on uh, right outside the camp and they hide above the trees you know to avoid detection from the dinosaurs and things like that but there's this great moment where he's trying to calm her down and then just off in the distance you hear the T-Rex roar that iconic roar from part one and Jeff Goldblum's eyes kind of dart to the camera and it's a great shot because he already knows because of the injury he had in part one shit's about to go down and of course it leads to that great moment where the t-rex comes for the baby and let the baby go but at the same time they knock over the bus the camper that the or the rv that ian sarah and nick are all uh in you know goes over the cliff it's a great shot too and then come to find out the way steven spielberg shot that movie was you know they hung it over a parking garage and they shot everything else and then the part when it falls out like the part where they're holding on to the rope and they all kind of fall out of the as the thing is falling and they're kind of coming up that was really cool that was really cool to see to see that it was it was great seeing how they much like they did in the first one you saw the great shift between CGI and practical like a lot of the intense moments when they're climbing up the rope that's practical they're really over a parking garage inside that RV but then when the RV finally goes over and they're still holding on to the rope and it hits the bottom of the water you can totally tell that it's CGI and then of course you know they the T-Rex attacks the the RVs they attack Eddie's car Eddie gets eaten which is kind of I don't want to say a heroic sacrifice but it is kind of graphic to see him kind of get killed like that and then Roland and the hunters find their campsite and then now they got to stick together and get to uh, the visitor center and that uh and try to call for help and that's thus begins our great adventure not our great adventure but thus begins our second half of the movie there's one scene in particular um, the one thing that comes out of nowhere which I was not expecting Now that, like when I rewatched it today that I totally forgot was in the movie was when everybody so the entire cast they're now uh, after uh, Peter Stormare gets lost Roland takes a group of the guys and they go try to see him they go find him On their way back, um, you know, when they realize that, you know, he's dead and everybody kind of goes to sleep and everybody kind of rests for, you know, he says, we'll let them rest one more hour, but then we'll go, you know, but then we got to hit it and things like that. And right in the middle of that, Kelly and and Sarah are in this tent and you hear the footsteps of the T Rex coming back. And then Sarah kind of looks up at her jacket, you know, she wakes up and she looks up at her hanging jacket. And she realizes that her, her jacket is still has the baby's blood on it. And uh, that's why they're there. That's a great shot. That's a great moment, too. Very intense when the T-Rex sticks his head inside the tent. And it's hovering right over uh, Sarah and, and Kelly's bodies. And then the guys wake up. They start screaming. And then everybody runs away. And, you know, it, it, it's a pretty crazy moment. Then we get to that ending scene. Now, okay, before before I get to the ending scene... Another scene that I really love in The Lost World is the the rapper scene. So Nick, Ian, Sarah, and Kelly all make it to the uh the visitor center. Nick, you know, got ahead. Nick got ahead and already radioed uh, radioed ahead, you know, to get, you know, the chopper to come and get them and things like that. But you know, so when Ian, Sarah and Kelly show up, you know, about ten, fifteen minutes later, they're attacked by the raptors and that is a great intense scene. you know they took what made the the scene in part one where the kids are trapped in the closet or the trip the, the kids are trapped in the kitchen this was a little bit more because now they're they're in like what looks like a almost like a parking lot and you got ian and sarah you got ian and one raptor over here and then two more raptors show up to go after kelly and and uh and sarah and they're inside trying to get away and things like that and and uh, it's 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 a pretty intense scene. But like I said in the beginning, the the, the if, th- if I could change one scene, the gymnastics part where Kelly is doing all this tumbling and twirling on the pipes that are inside that facility, and then she knocks the raptor out the window, and it falls and it looks like it dies because it hits those spikes, and that was that was that was a bit much, you know. And now they outsmarted it like how Lex and Tim did when they were when they got the raptor to go into the um, when they got the raptor going to the freezer, that would have been okay. That that would have been perfectly fine, but, you know, they had to do a little bit dramatic and things like that. And then, of course, the helicopter shows up and takes the four of them off the island. But then we cut back to the island where Peter and, uh, and Roland are there. Roland actually has taken down one of the T-Rexes. You know, we see it there kind of just laying there, and Peter gets the helicopters and everything to take it back to the to the U.S. and then thus starts the whole uh, T- Jurassic Park in the city. You know, the T-Rex shows up and they're going to do a demonstration, but of course it wakes up, pissed off, and then goes rampant on that boat yard and walks into the city. And, uh, you know, it was kind of cool, like the scene where, the you know, it's at the house, at the, somebody's house and things like that. It eats the dog and the kid takes a picture and then Ian and Sarah realize that The the baby T-Rex is also on the island. Also in San Diego. They got to go get it. And then... It's a pretty cool... It it was cool the first few times that you watch it. But then, like, you're such... You're so entertained on this ride. That that ending where the T-Rex shows up in San Diego. It comes out of nowhere. Because you're like, where the hell did this come from? And and things like that. So, other than a, a few cool moments in that last... That last shot where the T Rex is in um, in San Diego, it really it really kind of does end abruptly. Like, oh, the T Rex is in San Diego. Let's get it back on the boat, so the boat can take it back to Isla Sorna. And yeah, I, I can understand why. I can understand why those people kind of, you know, a lot of people look at that a little bit, you know, discouragingly. And it's like, yeah, I don't understand why they would do that either, but overall, it was a pretty intense film from beginning to end. I thought it was really good the acting and and the writing, and of course the visuals, the look and feel of it all of it was good. Jeff Goldman nails his character, you know i don't think he I don't think he really gets enough credit for you know kind of carrying this film in particular, you know on his back throughout everything else because if you think about it, the other characters like julianne Moore, Vince Vaughn uh pete uh pete pasta and of course uh i can't remember that guy's name that plays um peter ludlow and things like that you know but jeff goldblum is the mainstay from part one who's with us throughout the entire film so he's you know kind of garnering all this stuff going in it's like michael when michael keaton did you know the first batman with tim burton he was the only one to come back with the second one and uh and you know it's kind of interesting to see that but I think The Lost World is severely underrated. Like, yeah, there are a few things about it that can be changed. or I can understand why some people didn't like certain things about it. But at the same time, it's like, come on now. It's still a good movie. Now, I'm not saying it's better than Part 1 by any means. But it's way better than fucking... I think it's way better than Part 3. And I think it's a little bit better than Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. And, I mean, we still gotta wait for Dominion, but... Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, if I have to rank them, I'll probably do the ranking at the end of it, but um, I think The Lost World really holds up. It's a solid number two. It's a solid sequel. I will say that. Solid sequel. Great movie. Um, I mean, overall, I I really don't understand why a whole lot of people didn't like it. Like, your expectation is a little bit too high if you expect it to be better. Just, I expect movies to be good. You know, carry that same thing. Carry the whole thing. Carry the same story elements and carry what, what made the good one what made the previous film good, that's what you go into make it in part two, make part two, and go with it. You don't got to tell the exact same story. You just got to take what we loved about part one and then make it into something better when you make it in part two, like add something new add something exciting and things like that. I saw what they were going for. Now, I have read the book, and I saw the original ending that they were going to do. The scene where they go to the visitor center, like while that's going on, there was also supposed to be a scene where some of the hunters are in paragliding equipment and they were gonna jump off this, you know, this fucking cliff and parasail, you know, from the Isla Sorna to like the mainland, which, you know, I don't know how long that would have been. And, you know, might be at least a couple hundred miles if, you know, they're on the, they're on the, the shores of Costa Rica. And then there was supposed to be the pteranodon scene that was going to attack the the paragliders, which was supposed to be a little bit darker, a little bit graphic, and then the movie would have ended when the helicopter picked up the survivors from Isla the Sorna uh, at the visitor center and things like that. That would have been kind of cool, and the movie would have just ended right then and there. But, um, you know, they had it, they dragged it out a little bit more, and they, now we have the, the San Diego incident. But, I mean, that would have been kind of cool to see. And they did do, they did kind of hint at that in Jurassic Park 3, but. We're going to talk about that when we talk about Jurassic Park 3, which I'm not really looking forward to, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But anyways, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. Uh, If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets. Whether it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets in the Madhouse 21, Instagram, and Twitter. Did you have you guys seen The Lost World? Are you a fan of the movie? Have you read the book? Where do you rank it as far as sequels? Where do you rank it as far as the Jurassic Park series? Where do you rank it, you know, all time? and uh things like that be sure to be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out i will be covering uh, a few more movies as they drop there are a couple of movies that are coming out on streaming services that i am looking forward to so be on the lookout for that just be on the lookout for more episodes no matter when and where i drop them you know whether it's streaming services whether it's a show whether it's um whether it's uh anything else in between and before i go a lot of the, any basketball fans out there, tell me what you guys think about, you know, the series right now. Watching this game between uh Boston and Miami, and fucking Miami is looking like garbage right now, so not even going to be with that. Even though on the west side, we got Golden State and Dallas, which, to be honest, I think Golden State is going to take that series anyway, but that's neither here nor there. If you got any, if you guys are basketball fans, let me know on Twitter, let me know on Instagram. And uh, But if you're a fan of movies, definitely listen to more pot. Definitely listen to more episodes as they come. And, of course, as always, be sure to embrace your inner madness.